pretty white teeth. Welcome to Persisters, an all-female live show and podcast hosted by Beth Rowe and produced by Alex Kern. Each week we'll play you a piece from our live show followed by an interview between the performer and us. Beth and Alex. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at Persisters LA. This week we have Rhea Sardana, a comedy writer with bangs. Okay. Thank you, Beth Rowe. All right. So, I'm just gonna move this a little bit. Okay. Hi, okay, so a big part of who I am today and where I am in my life is the fact that I absolutely 100% did not peak in high school. So like, I really wasn't in like a trough or whatever the opposite of peaking would be. I was kind of just like medium, just like kind of there. Like you know how someone, usually a woman, would make would say a joke or a comment and no one hears it, and then someone, say Jonathan Hoy in high school, says the same thing and everyone hears it and laughs and gives him credit? Anyways, that's kind of where I lived permanently throughout my teen years. So, my, so back to peaking, my favorite thing about the concept is how parents now really hope that their kids don't peak in high school, but they're also the parents who dress their toddlers and teens up in like cool Converse and skinny jeans and like cool haircuts, and I'm sorry, but you just cannot have both. So here's the thing, do your kids a favor, cut their hair yourselves for years longer than you should and make it super awkward and uneven. If you need any pointers, ask my mom. And don't teach them how to blow dry their hair and refuse to buy them cool shoes because it will pay off for them in the future and it will pay off for you. So here's an example. I'm gonna tell you guys about my first crush, uh, which was in third grade on a boy named Rex, real name. He was super cute, had perfectly spiked hair, listened to Blink-182 and wore and wore Vans, cool shoes. And I told him I liked him in the playground after school. He said, oh cool, and then his mom picked him up and he never spoke to me again. <laughs> so then, at the tail end of high school, Rex went to jail. So, um, <laughs> not, I'm not exactly sure for what, but the last I checked, he was out of jail and trying his hand at stand-up comedy in our hometown. And I recently looked at his Twitter, and here is one example of his tweets. So gay marriage, what's up with that? End of tweet. <laughs> so I can't even be offended by that because I, it's not even a joke not, or a hot take and there's no punchline. He actually just may be asking what's up with it because he's been in jail and does not know. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is Rex peaked in middle school. Um, so the, I think there's a huge intersection between identity and average peak age, or APA, which is a term I just made up. And the longer it takes the, to peak, the stronger the peak is. It's like you go so long in life being like super awkward and weird, and you're just like saving up all these awkward points to trade in one day and become this super dope-ass human being that you're supposed to be. And so the people who peak in high school just didn't have enough hard years at the bottom to really sustain the peakage. Look, this isn't proven science, but it sounds right. And we can all agree on one thing, you should not peak in high school. So then another thing is that you truly don't know when you're currently peaking and, or, or once it's over, but you kind of know when you're in the decline. And what I also do think is that you know when you haven't peaked yet. And I say this is because I am fully confident that I have not peaked yet, and I will, get, and I will tell you guys this, the evidence as to why. 
First of all, I was not destined to peak in my youth years for many reasons. One being my parents named me Rhea, which is a beautiful name now. But back when you're a child, it rhymes with fun things such as diarrhea. And then when you get older and wiser and uh, take sex ed, everyone moves on and matures. And then your name rhymes with gonorrhea. So also, here's the thing. If your name is hard to pronounce or basically if it's not white, um, it's harder to peek at an early age, a blessing and a curse, really, and also a larger statement about society. And on that note, anyone named Veronica or Betty or the entire cast of Riverdale except Jughead peaked in high school. That's a fact. <laughs> so um, peaking in high school tends to correlate with how popular you are, or, which also correlates to how much action you're getting. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, I was a super square in high school, and not the like Rachel Lee Cook, she's all that kind of boy, where I just like didn't wear the right clothes. Also, a side note about that movie, she's super hot, and you can tell from her glass, like even when she's wearing her glasses and her clothes, that's a fact. But anyways, <laughs> junior year, I was like working on a school project with a male friend in my bedroom, and my mom comes in, asks if we need anything, says, have fun, you two, and then shuts the door behind her, because that's how confident she knows that I wasn't going to have sex. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't one of those, like, oh, she's a cool mom. Like, she truly has never talked to me about sex, still to this day. And I still have questions. But anyway, <laughs> in that moment, we, we know, I indeed, that, and that was definitely not my peak. So another hard fact, and perhaps the hardest fact, that points to zero peaking for me in high school was my senior prom. And if you ever want to know whether or not you peaked in high school, just reminisce about your senior prom. And if it makes you cringe, you did not peak. So my prom, let me just paint the picture for you. I went with my friend Alan. Alan and I shared a love of Regina Spector, Europe, fashion, making empanadas in our cooking class. So um, not to play into like stereotypes or anything, but Alan definitely wasn't into me sexually. So anyway, also like, so growing up with brown parents meant that like my parents, they will not give me $60 for a limo to prom. So I drove Alan in, our sil my, in my silver Honda Civic to our prom in Pasadena, California. And so um, our prom had teacher chap chaperones, as many do. And um, one of them was the least popular, most hated of them all, our AP literature teacher, Mrs. Morrison. So naturally, at prom, while everyone else was drinking, the spiked punch and making out and losing their virginity, I was sober and singing Girls Just Want to Have Fun in the very public karaoke room between the two dance floors with no one other than Mrs. Morrison. <laughs> also, that, that song, I can't not listen to it, and still, like, I want to crawl into a hole every time it comes on the radio. But anyway, so that night ended, as you might expect, uh, me, me home before midnight after a run to Denny's. So um, in case that wasn't painfully clear, did not peak. So then cut to a year, of, a year out of high school and in my first year of college, I was surprisingly invited to a party full of former high school classmates. Um, I was chatting with this guy, Gabe, who was very much your classic jock, really dumb, not funny, and I know that sounds mean, but it was true. Um, and so we were chatting, and I think college kind of gave me this like, new perspective and persona. And um, because of that, he said in a very serious tone, very serious tone, Rhea, I don't care what they say about you. You're cool. <laughs> and I did not have any reaction except in my mind, I was like, what the fuck did they say about me? <laughs> um, and I still don't know. I didn't ask. 
But I took that comment with pride because that meant I am on my way up. I'm going to peak soon. So anyways, um, the one last thing I've kind of learned about the concept of peaking through my um, incredibly unofficial research is that sometimes peaking doesn't happen until you're honest with yourself and who you really are. For instance, I know that my peak is ahead of me and not behind me because I very recently in the past few months realized I'd rather date girls than guys. So I guess, yeah. So I guess to answer my first crush's ambiguous tweet, so gay marriage, what's up with that? Well, Rex, it's legal. I'll hopefully be partaking one day and fuck you. Thank you, happy pride. Hello. Welcome back to First Sisters. I'm Beth Rowe. And I'm Alex Kern. And she just finished a chip. <laughs> no, that was a popcorn. A popcorn, yeah. And we're here with the, the lovely and talented and smart and beautiful Rhea, Rhea Sardana. Sardana. Hi. Hi. Like Tarzana, but not. Yeah. Or like Zoe Saldana. Oh, if you wanna. Yeah. That's a good one. Which is my sister's dog's name. Zoe? Oh, really? Zoe. Zoe. Sardana. Rhea, thank you for being on our show. Yes, thank you. Of course. I want to tell you guys a secret. No oh. one's ever invited me to be on a podcast before. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers. Hey. Cheers. This may be the last water. time. Hashtag ad for Croy <laughs> or um, Waterloo, Waterloo Mango. Waterloo Sparkling Water. It's from 365. That Mango. smells slightly like Get weed. it at 365. That's our sponsor, please. <laughs> <laughs> All are of our snacks there? are from three six five. Sorry, where, Beth. Go ahead. Where did you Where did you go to high school? Pomona. Well, hmm. you're from LA. Yeah. Oh, it's, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I'm from uh, Pomona, California. Okay. Born in Chino. So if you watch okay. the OC, both Ryan Atwood and I are from oh, the same place. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, it's nothing like it is in the TV show. Um, but my high school was on a hill that they bought for a dollar, legend says, um, because it was like a hill that no one can build anything on. And they hmm. built a high school on it. Hmm. And yeah. it's on the border of Phillips Ranch and Diamond Bar. So they named it Diamond Ranch. And Your it's high school. Yeah. So it's Diamond Ranch High School. Diamond Ranch High School. Oh this is actually gosh. an advertisement for my high school. Wow. Um <laughs> They filmed The Cell there and Serenity and Die Hard 4. What? So my high school looks like a jail is what we're wow. getting at. It's gotcha. all metal. They had like barbed wire up when they were filming Die Hard 4, which That's, was terrifying when you're a student. That's so weird yeah. because there's so many high schools in L.A. that I'm like, I've seen this high school before. Yeah. It's because I have because mm-hmm. they use them. In movies. The one in, in Culver movies, City. TV, whatever. Hamilton. Oh, I don't know. Oh. That one's in a lot of things. Oh, really? The one right by here, the... um. Marshall mm-hmm. High School. Where's the that? One right on um, St. George. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, they use that a lot. Yeah, that's good times. Wait, so tell me about growing up in Pomona. Because yeah. it's a lot about what your piece is about. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Pomona was interesting. It's a very, my parents just sold my childhood home, which is very oh. interesting. I never, never got to say goodbye because mm. I didn't know the last time I was there would be the last time I was there. Right. Um, so that was weird, but also whatever. Not, not a huge attachment to it anymore. Yeah. But um, Pomona's super weird because it's like, like we were in this like, like subsect of Pomona called Phillips Ranch, which was like very much like soccer moms. Mm. Um, just like very like everyone's mom was in the PTA, um, yeah. all families around the same age. And then like Pomona, which is like 
largely like Hispanic population and then Diamond Bar, which is like largely Asian and then Chino Hills, which is largely white. So like a lot of that fed into my high school. So my high school was super diverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I would say like the most diverse I've ever been around was my high school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I would say that actually like white people were in the minority. Wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What were the other like percentages? That I don't know out of like, I can guess, but I would say it's like, it was probably like maybe like 40, 50% Hispanic and then Asian probably is like the next highest Hmm. and then white and then probably nice even percentages for other yeah. Ethnicities. Yeah. And I, what I find um, interesting, what you've told me before, is that you it wasn't until you were of a certain age when you realized that you were not white. Yeah. So there was like this time in like, or I think it's like you were like being a daughter of immigrants, um, like, and, and your wanting, parents are from India. Yeah. So like being a daughter of immigrants and being first generation, like and my parents were like very interesting at the way they raised us where a lot of Indian families will like find an Indian community. My parents did the complete opposite. They like came here like my parents eat beef, which is something that a lot of Indian people don't do. And I'll ask mm. my mom about it. Be like, mom, why did you start eating beef? And she was like, I don't know. Someone once gave me chili and I was like, this is good. And then I found out that there was beef in it. And I'm like, it's interesting that chili would be the thing that turned right. you. It wouldn't have, yeah. wouldn't have been like wouldn't have that a been steak for me. Or, yeah. or like, like an in and out cheeseburger. Yeah. No. Chili. No. So like, but then they like really like worked hard to like assimilate. Yeah. And so they had like, like had parties full of all of their like coworkers. Like they didn't do the, like they didn't do the like Indian community thing. Hmm. So like I like spent so much of my like childhood, like trying to reject the Indian side, mm-hmm. which is like. I think just a product of society where yeah. you just like want to fit in. Um, but I remember in like high school, like senior year and I was like, sitting with my high school friends during lunch. And like, I think it was very diverse. It was like Asian, I think one or two girl, like one girl was like half Asian, half white, one girl who was like white. So it's a very diverse, like me, like there was a very diverse group and they were talking about like something about Indian food or whatever it was. And then one of them was like, I don't think we have any Indian friends. And I just kind of sat back, like, waiting for them to say something. And then, like, maybe, like, 20 or 30 seconds go by. And they were like, oh, wait, Rhea. And, like, I think in that mind, like, that moment, I was like, oh, my God, I finally fooled them. Like, I was so, like, I like that was such a weird point of pride Mm. where if that happened to me now, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Um, But it was, like, this weird element of, like, wanting to be, like, not categorized by just your race. Yeah, sure. And, like, I even had a friend in high school who, like, who's Chinese. And, like, she actually was, like, she went for a step further than me where she would, like, when people would be, like, oh, you're Chinese. She'd be, like, no, I'm not. Which is, like, you can't, you can't really, like, say no to that. Yeah. Like, it, like, that's not something you can, like, argue against. But she also I kind of had a similar mindset where it's, like, no, I want to, like, I don't want to be See labeled as me. that. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Like At least not first and foremost. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not a nice person. Start with that. Yeah. 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 I'm a huge bitch. People didn't like me. <laughs> How old were your parents when they moved to the States? Um, my mom was 28, which is, I just turned 28. And so she like reminded me that where she was like, wow. oh, I came here when I was 28. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. 
Could you move to a brand new country? No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it was like Paris, maybe. <laughs> Not even that. London? Yeah. London. Canada? <laughs> yeah. Canada. I'll start with Canada. Very promising these days. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Everyone should do it. And then you went to UCLA. UCLA. I went to UCLA, which was hmm. um, very fun. But then that's when I realized... Not to continue is like throwing the whole like race thing in here, but like I realized that all of a sudden all of my friends were white or actually a lot of my friends like mixed like either had like white, a bunch of white friends or a bunch of Asian friends. And UCLA is historically not super diverse outside of that, um, which was, which is unfortunate. But, um, and then when I graduated UCLA, like going into the entertainment industry, I like realized all of a sudden all my friends were white so it was this weird thing and now I'm like like truly jonesing for the times in high school where I had like a lot of diversity Mm, yeah in my friend groups and also like for that time like now when people want to talk to me about Indian things I'm like yes like it's 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 interesting when you get older and you're finally like less I don't know embracing more yeah yeah who you are yeah Mm -hmm. are you saying you don't want to be friends anymore because yeah I'm trying to this is we're breaking. I'm, I'm, I'm like slowly one by one telling all my white friends I don't want to be friends with them. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah, that was apparent. Yeah. We got it. We got it. Yeah. Um, does, and in, in going back to your piece about mm-hmm. peaking, not peaking yet, do you, I, I find not peaking, like I, I like to think that I still haven't peaked yeah. yet. Um, I don't think you have. Thank you. Um, but it's comforting in a way when you're still working at it. To yeah. Know that like, oh, I haven't peaked yet. And yeah. to be aware of that. I, I think it's like, obviously it's like completely arbitrary, but I do think like you kind of know when you're like, okay, I'm still, I'm working so hard right now. That's like, there is, it I'm on the, be, on the way up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do feel like in sixth grade, I had a mini peak though. Oh, really? I, yeah. I think it, when you're younger, like, I don't think you can peak in elementary okay, school. Because cool. I think I had Thank a peak. Like, I will say, I think I kind of peaked in, like, third or fourth grade. Hmm. But then, like, I really was a huge rebel in the third or fourth grade. Like, I stole a keychain once from a fair. <sighs> well, excuse me. I know. I What like, was on that keychain? I don't remember. Hmm. But, and then in fourth grade, our teacher passed around, like, uh, like a candy jar and you were supposed to take one candy, but I took two. And then I told this girl that I took two, like as a brag. And then she told the teacher, and then I, and then the teacher didn't like get me in trouble. But she announced in front of the, like this is like classic teacher move where she like announced announced in front of the class like, so I hear that some people are taking two candies and not one. And she like made direct eye contact with me, and like that was so like I think that was like my first like instance where I was like oh, there are consequences to being a rebel. And so I just like, that's I stopped. And then I like quickly went the opposite direction. You know, so now you do what you're you're told to do. Oh, yeah. Always? I'm a huge rule follower. Like, were your parents (laughs) huge disciplinarians? They were weird. Like, they... In such weird ways. Like, they never really cared about, like, TV shows that I watched. Like, a lot of people had rules about TV shows and, like, my, like, we'd watch Friends. Like, I remember I, like, had self, 
like self-imposed rules. Like I remember Are You Afraid of the Dark was TVY7. And I remember being six being like, I can't wait to watch it next year. And my sister was like, mom and dad don't care. Just watch it. And I was like, no. It like, says, they don't know. They like, yeah. like it's fine. They don't get it. But I was like, no. it says TVY7 and I have to wait until I'm seven. Um, so, but then with like, they didn't understand things like curfews, like in the way where like the older you get, you can like, there were just some things that they didn't quite understand. The hard thing, the hardest thing was, um, not necessarily like they didn't, they didn't, uh, ground us very often. Um, but the one thing that was hard was that they like the allowance thing was like kind of like lost on them. And if they did give me an allowance, they like like they still like had mentality wise was like they were still back in India so they're like here's like five dollars for the movies and I'm like that won't cover anything yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like there even now I'm like okay mom let's go to the movies like and I'll buy the tickets and the tickets are like now like I mean I bought tickets for my movie tonight and that's twenty dollars to right. see sorry to bother you but like right. um but like now it's like I'll buy a ticket and she'll, my mom will be like wait, it's $12? And I'm like, mom, this is a cheaper movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just, like, she's still stuck back in, like, back where, like, Do you what? not have a movie pass? I have a movie pass. Oh, you have a movie pass. But okay. Sorry to Bother You isn't on movie pass yet. But right. I want to support it. Yeah, that's a good... I'm the one who doesn't have it yet. If you want to rub it in. Oh, no. It's okay. Why don't you have a movie pass? <laughs> you, oh, yeah. Everyone should get one. I know, I need to get it. Product placement. Product placement. Um, Hashtag ad. Movie pass. Uh, oh yeah, we're, we're sponsored available. by Movie yeah. Pass. We're huge. <laughs> um, if these are, I yeah, uh, Ria, what um, where you uh, tell us a little bit about where you work these days? Oh yeah, so I work um, on Fresh Off the Boat, which is a TV show. Cool. Um, and going into its fifth season, I work Ooh. for the showrunner, who is super awesome. Um, oh, awesome. And I also, I mean, I'm trying to write full-time mm-hmm. eventually one day, but that's currently where I spend my days, whether it's 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. or sometimes other times. Yeah. So mostly 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm that's sure that's good. what people are interested in. Yeah. <laughs> are they on hiatus way. now? Or No, we started back up. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. But so they haven't, they're not filming right not now. Filming it's just yet. the room. Yeah. Got the it. Room. Got it. And how yeah. long have you been there? Um, a little over a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. And where were you before? I was, so I was working for, um, not who show runs fresh off the boat. I was working for the head of her development deal. Okay. So like just more so on the development side. Um, and then I was there for 10 months and then I switched over, um, to be her assistant. So out of UCLA, did you know that you wanted to be a writer? No, I was a psych major. I wanted oh. to be like, I was actually being like, I will be, a, I want to be a psychiatrist. And I was mm. like, maybe I'll go to med school, which I think that that's kind of like not to play into stereotypes. It's still very much a thing that like Indian parents, mm, sure. at least my parents wanted. And even sometimes now my mom will still be like, so that's that still not going to happen. I'm like, yep. Like six years out of college, not going to happen. Um, but and then it wasn't until right after I graduated where I was like, oh, I know what I want to do, which is like a funny, cruel way of the world working. Yeah. But well, what was your first job in the industry? I worked in like cause marketing at Participant Media, which is a production mm. company. Um, but it wasn't like I didn't work for like TV or film. It was like m- the marketing side of things. So then I kind of backtracked and was working at an agency for like 10 months. Oh, which agency? Innovative Artists. Oh, yeah. 
But the reason why you did that is because a lot of the other jobs you wanted required you to have yeah, that experience. Yeah, it was, it was mm. like a weird, like, I, you almost have to convince, like, show, like, shows or, like, the jobs that you want that, like, you can answer. Fun- like, there's, like, these things I'm like, I can do all of this, but, like, right. they needed some sort of in. Yeah. Like, Got it. Some so that's of, how like, it it's all, Yeah. So it's like, I kind of had to backtrack a little bit. Like I had super great interviews, but like di- every interview was like, oh, but you've never really done television before. So it's like working at an agency is kind of like a, like a, like a nice, like stepping stone, stepping stone into it. like okay. anything in, in that world, I guess, which was, I mean, what didn't love it. What's <laughs> What's a fun tidbit about working at an agency that somebody who's never worked at an agency <laughs> would find oh, interesting yeah. or funny bring without bringing anyone down? Or if you want to bring someone down. I think what's funny is just watching, like, especially now having been solely surrounded by comedians and writers and like really like just like professional like you know just like professional like joke makers yeah which is also another term (laughs) definition for comedians but like just like really chill people and then like on the flip side seeing how agents are and they're like completely opposite Mm. and like I remember just watching um some of the comedians come in and they're like standing there like not sure like and I had dinner with one of them afterwards and she, she was talking. She was like, what's weird is like, you're, they're just waiting for you to make jokes. Like they're all standing around in their like button up suits, you know, like, and waiting for you to like kind of perform for them. Cause like in their mind, they're like, okay, then that's how, like, like mm-hmm. this is the person that we're going to go and like make phone calls and sell like this person as like a writer and or entertainer or whatever. But like just the sharp contrast between clients and agents, because even like actors, like really anyone in the creative space, like couldn't be like, they're like night and day compared to these like very buttoned up agents. I'm not yeah. saying all agents are like that. Some of them are super chill, but like, especially the one I worked for was very like classic Hollywood agent so funny mm, yeah which that's just really funny because i'm like in my mind i'm like guys like let loose a little but they might like like you a little more and find you a little bit more relatable and not like a scary agent person that they have yeah. to talk to my mm. friend just had a show and his agent was there and he was like he they like did like a a weird like see you later man handshake like also high five pat on the back kind mm-hmm. of whatever thing it was and then he looked at me and he's like and he, this guy was wearing like a suit yeah. he had sunglasses on already his suit like didn't really fit him that well I, I and then that. and then <laughs> and then and then he and then he he was like that's my agent and i was like yeah yeah, yeah i know so it's so <laughs> like, obvious like hello yeah. Even it's like change, change after work before you go to a show. Yeah, before it's you go so to a show. It's so, I just love want people to going know. to shows though. And it's just, they just stand they out. They stand so much. out. You're like, oh, they're, they're the suits. Yeah. There's the one suit. There's, I know who he yeah. is. Yeah. You know, and it's then just so funny to me. My friend was like, how did you know he's my agent? I was like, because he had that know? I'm an agent name <laughs> tag on. He's like, oh, he did. I was like, no. <laughs> he didn't have a name yeah. tag on. Tattooed on his face. Yeah, there's a look. And then um, you work with mostly women in the production side, yes or no? Yeah, I mean, so a lot of, I mean, the pilot that we had and made, which was amazing, and I am still upset that it didn't get picked up, but um, was female writer, all female producers, female director, female star. And it was amazing, like the most wonderful environment. Oh, but wait, really quick backtrack, because I don't know about this. Yeah. 
This was pre-Fresh Off the Boat? No, this was so, like, my boss also developed, so um, oh, we had a pilot gotcha. that, that we sold to ABC and we made, and it didn't get picked up. Cool. Um, Can you use the names of who was... It was, so it's like, I mean, because it's, it's on deadline, it's fine. It's The Greatest oh. American Hero, which had Hannah Simone. From oh, New okay. Girl. From okay, New Girl. Yeah, sure. So, but it was just, and it was also, I think, a, really important for me because it was a show, and so the writer, Rachna, is Indian-American, and, like, she's kind of, like, she's, like my like she acts like she's like my older sister on my mom and my sister and my niece came to the fox law on my birthday Aww. and my mom brought um a bouquet of flowers for me and then brought one for Rachna, who she's never met because but my mom's Aww, just like it was like everyone so at work was so sweet. confused by that and i like try to convince them that it was in like an indian tradition i'm like oh yeah like all indian people give every indian person in someone's workplace flowers on their birthday that's just what they do um and they can't ask more questions they can't not believe me so, so um but like it was just like my mom was like just she's like I'm just so glad that there's like an Indian woman at work that's looking out for you which was just really funny but she wrote this pilot and like she has a very like similar mentality as I do where it's like it's a, it was a show about a woman becoming a superhero who happened to be Indian and that's kind of how we all have like and I can't really speak for her, but the conversations that we've had, like, that's how we feel. We're like, we are these people doing these things and we happen to be Indian. It's like, you know, like, like we want like television to move that way where it's like yeah. people doing things and it's their different ethnicities and races. And it's not like, I think it's important for the race to be on the forefront, but it's also important for like other things to be like shining through yes. as well. Um, and so that was also important for me to be like working on a show that was about like an Indian family and, but like mostly about this girl becoming a superhero and like also just being around super amazing women, That's like cool. all women. That's so awesome. Even the assistants, except the director's assistant who was like a man and it was like, but he was awesome. And like, we just gave him shit constantly. Yeah. And it was great. I love it. Yeah. What it was it, fun. Did you have a question? Oh, no. Just so awesome that you have a mentor. Yeah. yeah. I think that's I mean, really important in this yeah. industry in particular. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like, mentorship's weird because you can't, like, I mean, I don't even know. Would she say I'm her mentee? I don't know. Well, it's really interesting because I don't really, I feel, I, I feel like I don't really have a mentor. Tour I don't either. So anyone listening, um, <laughs> actually, that's not true. I don't have a oh, female okay, mentor. I feel well, like yeah, I have. Uh, sure. um, I definitely have a mentor. Yeah, but he's a man, and I'm really happy. I, yeah. I don't. I've. I've only like. I think, uh, and also the fact that he's um, that he's not a straight man. I think is mm-hmm. is important to me, um, and. But I, I've, I've never really had a female mentor and, and since leaving college. And I, I find that that's kind of the case for a lot of women. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's really cool that you have one. I'm yeah. not jealous. Um, but I do think that the, it's changing because I think a, like a lot of women didn't want to be a mentor to yeah. other women because they didn't want them to lose. They didn't want to lose what they've built because mm. women didn't really help women that much in from what I from when I got to LA it was not there weren't like a bunch of women trying to help women as they are now does that make sense yeah I I think Paula uh, I think of Paula as like a mentor because she's somebody that like um but she's also one of the first people I I knew in LA which is so funny Mm -hmm. um yeah I think it's like you can also like I mean you can have someone who's a mentor 
just for a week and but they can still be so sure. helpful like sure. i think that's, that's very true like yeah. i don't know if like the long long-term mentors are like like i don't know how often that actually happens yeah. just because it's like people are busy yeah um if you were a mentor to somebody would never happen oh come on <laughs> If you could mentor somebody that's coming into entertainment mm-hmm. now, what would you say to them? Um, I think the most important thing is like there's no direct path. Mm-hmm. It's so people get really caught up yeah. with comparing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like now with like with like Twitter and all these things where like people get into like and specifically talking about writers' rooms, but like people get into writers' rooms and like can all of a sudden like and they have like out of like writing things on twitter or, or like my my friend jeffrey self has this great um he had a great tweet or it was a great he put it on instagram i think i saw it on instagram or mm-hmm. facebook and it was like we're all just one great tweet away yeah. from a development deal <laughs> <laughs> which but i love and it's, yeah. it's like the like the most honest yeah. and it's it's just humbling like, thing i have friends who like are younger than me and are staffed and it's like if i had if I like compared myself to them I like I would ruin myself like mm-hmm. so it's like I think comparing especially when it comes to age is like stay away from that because there's also I also know people who didn't start write their writing career until 35 mm-hmm. and they're developing and they're 40 so it's like it's yeah. not there is no one direct path and I think they'll like if you're going to be in competition with anyone be in competition with yourself sure my, uh, I have uh, another friend so good. who we need one of those buttons that you press that like computer as a show. Oh yeah. For, yeah, yeah. for that was like, for that. Being, that's that was such really... a great, well, I will say I kind of stole that from Cardi B. She has a lyric where she says, I'm only competing with myself. I love so that. So that was, so right now we're going to cut to <laughs> Cardi B singing that line. Okay. And we're back. They, uh, a friend of mine who uh, works in development, I think I forget where he's at now, but he was working at uh, a company. I should, I'm not going to like say what companies mm-hmm. he's at, but he said every New Year's he does an evaluation of where he was last year in New Year's. Mm-hmm. And he says, am, am I kicking last year's hmm. Daniel's butt? Yeah. Or is the year kicking mine? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, if he's not kicking the year mm-hmm. before, in the butt, he's got to light another fire or make yeah. some changes, which I love. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's like progress within its, whether it's in yourself or whether it's in the nation and the country and the world, isn't something that's like very lateral. It's like three steps forward, two steps back. And I think that's also something important to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have setbacks, but then there's something that'll like, jump you really far forward and then you'll go back like sure especially in this industry Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i like that thanks are you writing something new right now um you don't obviously have to talk about what it is but i finished just like a sample pilot um and then i sent it off to people and then um now i'm kind of like trying to write more articles cool Mm. yeah um and kind of get those done and yeah. have like just smaller things for people to read yeah mm-hmm. that only nice. takes a few minutes and not hours or... and they're also like nice little accolades yeah because Rhea is and has been published in the new yorker mm-hmm. no big deal very cool just thank you yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. and 
Uh, I wanted to touch on a little bit of your going back to your piece. Yeah. Are, uh, are you comfortable if we talk about the yeah, end of your piece? Of course. Okay. Okay. Oh. At the end of, you can have, please have a piece of popcorn. No, I didn't want to chew into the microphone. I had thought about that. Again, this is my we first podcast. We can also pause and That's chew. Okay. Um, let at her the eat her popcorn, Jesus. Like, just have some popcorn. They're um, starving me here. <laughs> just, just help. Anyone listening, help. <laughs> at the end of your piece, you mentioned that you are more interested in dating women. Yeah. And, um, that was a big revelation, Mm -hmm. not for you, obviously, and not for still sometimes for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm putting words in your mouth now. (laughs) Um, but I thought that was really brave to come out on, um, a show that is also a podcast with that information. It's almost sometimes easier to do it in in front of strangers essentially Mm, and not, and not someone you've known for, I'd say the hardest people it's been to talk to about are people I've known the longest. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like your parents or sister. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even talked to my parents about it, to be honest. They're, yeah. No offense. They're not going to listen to this podcast. They don't know how. What? Oh, that, I mean, <laughs> no offense taken. I like sent it to my mom. She's like, how do I do it? Yeah, no, my mom doesn't know how to do a lot of technology. <laughs> End of statement. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's, that one's a little bit tricky. Like my parents, and I think this is like also another like thing that a lot of Indian parents do. I'm not going to say like all because, you know, that would be a generalization. But a lot of Indian parents don't talk to their kids about like sex in general or sure. like talk about. Um, a lot of waspy parents don't do it. Do <laughs> <laughs> I see a hand in yeah. the air over here? Yeah. Uh, or talk about hands. like relationships. I think like only once has my mom asked me like if I was dating someone. Huh. So it's. And even my sister who got pregnant before she got married, she's still not married. And it was like actually a a big deal for my family, Um, partially because she didn't tell them she was dating someone. So she had to give them a double whammy of like, hey, I'm pregnant. Also, I have a boyfriend. Um, So that's for dinner. Yeah. What's for (laughs) dinner? Can I steal some toilet paper? Chili. Um, Chili. Beef. (laughs) Chili. And so... um, I forgot where, oh yeah, so it's kind of just like a weird thing where it would almost feel unnatural to bring it up unless Mm -hmm. I was dating someone and I'm like, hey, Mm -hmm. by the way, my sister, like I'll, like I've been close to being like, hey, by like, I think sometimes based on like either my Twitter or just like me talking about um, like uh, Janelle Monae as much as I do, I think my sister has like picked up on it. (laughs) Oh, you haven't been? Not yet, um, but like. In a, but it's like also we don't we, it's like a very weird family dynamic where we don't share our like super personal life so it sure. kind of would have to feel a little bit more organic and this is me making excuses I should just tell them or oh, my sister I mean, I'm in, in, in all in due time yeah I remember my grandfather was asking me I was going to my cousin's wedding a couple of years ago and um and he was asking me who I was dating if mm-hmm. I was dating anybody because it was like everyone's kind of like getting married in my family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you have never asked me that question <laughs> in my life. And really? he said, he said, well, I'm asking now. Yeah. And I said, all of a sudden you hit an age you dating? I know. He's like, are you dating anyone? I said, yes, oh, I am goodness. dating a man right now. And he said, great. How's it going? And I said, not that great because I don't like him very much. <laughs> And he was like, okay, I'll see you next week. That's so funny. Wasn't about Peter, though, right? It wasn't about Peter. <laughs> no. Wait, what? 
It's like, oh, it's a, a weird time to bring this yeah, up. Yeah, Hello. <laughs> I don't like him. So I decided <laughs> to move forward with everything. <laughs> I, w- I kind of hope, wish I joined Twitter in the um, Obama era. It mm, seems sure. a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, now I, I still have it. I didn't want to delete it because it was the reason why um, I wanted it um, in the lead up to the midterms mm. to follow like public like like politicians and like publications and like all of, and like journalists and like kind of just learn. And I mean, it was the reason why I like um why I um, learned about like Alexandria Ocasio or uh, Cortez, oh, so sure. like, like actually early on before she got oh, wow. elect, like before oh, she wow. beat out Crowley. Oh, cool. So it was like it's a cool place. If you look at just the positive side of things, it's like a cool place to um, get news, get yeah, news, and just sure. like also like an outlet. Like the politicians I, the politicians I follow and like, um, the politicians I follow and like um, don't post a lot on Instagram, but they tweet a lot. So it's sure. a kind of a good way to kind of just continue f- keeping up with the news and especially mm-hmm. with the midterms coming up. Um, but there's also even like you can't, obviously you can't just see the positive of Twitter. There's a lot of negative to it too. Like even like the one thing is like, like I follow like Chelsea Clinton and it's like, she's like out of so like out of so many people, she gets the most negative tweets back at her. Chelsea Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, so it's like you, you, like, and it's so like, you can't just see the positive side of Twitter. Mm. Like I wish I could, but like just by the nature of like clicking on someone's tweet and then accidentally seeing what someone tweets back at them. And it's like, so that part of it. And then also like, I, I would like to say I'm fairly confident in my writing abilities and I think I'm funny, but, um, I don't like the person I am when I'm someone who tries to tweet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I feel like it takes me out of day to day with people because in, in like people, like I, I have now friends and they're so good at Twitter and they're great. Um, and they can manage it better than I am. But like, for me, I'm kind of, it takes me out of the moment. Cause it's like, Oh, this could be a funny tweet or like, mm-hmm. like you kind of just lose sight of just being in the moment. Cause all of a sudden you're thinking about tweets. I'm also, the same way. I also feel like it's a little dangerous as a comedian to to, to tweet yeah. or like a con to be a comedian or a comedy writer to tweet certain things because you're kind of giving away your material mm-hmm. for free. Mm. And I know that I feel that way. I, Cause there's like some special, um, I, I, I think it was like a Whitney Cummings special that I was uh, want like gearing up to watch. And I was like, Oh yeah, the, her, her set makes sense. It's like all the stuff she tweets about, which is fine because she's very much on brand and, prolific Mm -hmm. but it's also like oh you kind of you have to be careful about what you tweet and it's like like having like when uh, somebody tells me a story it's like don't tweet that don't put that on facebook save Mm -hmm. it and use it because it's interesting well to that same token i kind of i'm not i barely tweet i have like 600 followers and Mm -hmm. i I don't remember the last time i tweeted 70 um but i was just like it was taking so much energy and Mm -hmm. i think it is really important if like you're working on a late night show to be able to craft a joke really fast and Mm -hmm. um also to keep in touch with what's going on but i did find that it was distracting me from what i should actually be doing which is developing my set or working on my pilot or my feature script or whatever. And it was just taking me away. And yes, I was like, it was taking me out of the moment with other people. And that's a whole nother. Yeah. And then you also start 
unfortunately, like I'm not, I haven't quite figured out how to not compare myself to other people and their tweets and why are they. Who has like 20,000 followers or. Yeah. 50, yeah and it's, like, I know it's not even necessarily about like the amount of retweets and all those things, but it, at some point you're kind of just like, why am I, why am I doing this? That's what I, that's yeah. why I stopped. I was like, you know what? It's just not for me. Yeah, One it's, of the fun things about is like a, like a lot of journalists that can't or like that shouldn't, that some journalists that are just like trying to give the news when they're on, it's nice to watch like what they tweet personally because then they get a little bit yeah. more of like, this is what I think. It's like, okay, no, I need you to know what, I need to know what mm. you think mm-hmm. because it's important to. Yeah. I like being an observer on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, participant, not so much. I agree with that. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I am. But hey, if you guys want to follow me, I won't tweet, but you can. Uh, yeah, are, do you have Dana? Do you what's your yeah, what's your Twitter handle? Um, I think it's at Rhea Sardana underscore. Because someone else has. Yeah. My and then name. your same Instagram is at same thing. Okay. It was it was Ria Ha. It was Ria Ha 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 ha. I was like, I don't remember how many hot. Yeah, I always forgot. And it was it was an inside joke with a college friend. Um, and I was at some point I had to change it. Quick question. Yeah. Uh, how did you know? Was there a moment where you were like, oh, I'm funny? Um, I feel like I mean, in high school, a lot of it, like I, it was like I feel like in high school I was funny, but I wasn't loud, or like I wasn't loud enough to be funny. Mm. I was always really jealous of the class clowns, though, because it was always like I could. That's something I could do. I like people like I could have made that joke, but I'm shy. Mm. Um, I remember in like in college, though, I was like I went back and I was hanging out with these like high school friends. And this one girl's dating this other guy from high school. And she was like, oh, yeah, Jonathan, like, because I like, I guess he followed me on Instagram. She was like, Jonathan was like, when did Rhea get funny? And I was like, rude, first of all, <laughs> but also thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so probably around, mm. around that point. Okay. And then like through your jobs working on um, the show that you're working on, do you feel like your comedic sensibility has changed over time or or do you feel like the writing process has become easier can you can you like do you have moments where like oh wow I've really grown up in terms of I mean I think development I guess I think the most like the biggest thing is that like I've become and I think a lot of people can speak to this like I've made an effort to whatever I want to write or make has to like at least feel somewhat weighted Like, it's like, I like, it like want something to have a purpose, whether Mm -hmm. it like speaks to someone or whether it like, like highlights like feminism or some sort of like, even if it's like done in a funny way, like preferably done in a funny way, at least for me. Um, Like, I think more and more I've abandoned the like s'mores, like I think I kind of erred on the like slapsticky side of things. And like now on like my writings a little bit more like either like nuance or kind of like a, like a overarching commentary Mm. in like a hopefully funny way. Sometimes Mm. not funny. Like your voice is underneath it. Yeah. Just like, Oh, this is funny. Yeah. Did you grow up watching like slapstick comedy? Like, did you have favorite comedians or certain movies that were like iconic for you? My mom and I watched, I love Lucy a lot. Sure. Um, and then I watched friends with my family, which was always weird. 
I remember I asked my mom what porn oh was. Yes, totally. I was like, mom, what's porn? And she was like, it's for adults. And then I also remember I asked her what a whore was, which, and she also said. <laughs> I remember, I remember, the, I remember asking oh, my mom that. Yeah. And man, she also said, good. it's for adults. Oh, it's for adults. That like, was what, adult, what wow. a cop out. Wow. That's so funny. So, like a clever cop like, out. Yeah. Well, then when I turned 18, I heard, went and got a whore and porn. I heard. <laughs> uh, adult. I heard when I was watch. I used to watch a lot of Wings. Mm-hmm. I and, loved Wings. Right? So they they talk Nantucket. about a hooker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They talk about a hooker, and I remember I said, "Mom, what's a hooker?" Yeah. And she said, "And I think my brother. I don't know if it was my mom or my brother that were like, like Hook, <laughs> like the movie Hook. It you doesn't. Know? It's people with hooks." And I was wow. like, "It doesn't." serve your children well to lie to them like that because it does I think it was my brother oh yeah my so my sister has a three-year-old and she's so honest with her mm. like my sister like the other day my sister straight up was like telling her because i think they were talking about milk and babies and because my sister's pregnant again and like stella my niece was, was asking her about it my sister was like oh yeah like babies will like Get, gets milk from mommy's boobies. And so, like, literally, like, on the phone, I hear Stella going, is there milk in Auntie Riri's boobies? And my sister was like, no. And then so it's like, but, like, she's so honest with her, which is kind of, I think, because my parents were, like, tried to, like, make up this, like, alternate story for, like, whatever question we've asked, like, a really mm-hmm. vague one. My sister's like, they're going to they're gonna find out anyways. Right, yeah. Like, why not just, like, be the first person to tell them? Yeah. So even, like, small things, like, my sister, like, told her like what a vagina is but then I guess my sister's boyfriend like came out of the bathroom and she was like dada did you did you wipe your vagina so oh, it's like then I they had to have another it. conversation yeah <laughs> I think that's I mean there's and I think it also might part of the conversation might be you know the parents have to have that sit down of like how are we going to address this yeah. because it will just pop out out of nowhere yeah i don't even remember my parents having this conversation of like sex i'm like yeah. did that ever happen my parents yeah. just let like our school teach it right. and like school, school doesn't teach right. it super well i learned right. a lot of stuff on the bus Oh, we oh. I, didn't, I didn't take a bus yeah, i didn't I either i always wanted back, to though. You learn more <laughs> Oh, the bu- the back of the bus is the fun the, the fun, fun part, yeah. right? So and the bumps are yeah. You just learn. I'd come just, back and I'd be like, "Wow, it's a whole new world." Gabby, uh, I got some new stuff. <laughs> I learned a bunch of new stuff at school. Uh uh-uh. uh the bus. The, the bus. bus. Oh man. Any plans this summer? Where are you going? Are you going anywhere? Are you going camping? You're always camping. I uh, no, I've avoided oh, any cool. camping. I don't like camping, but oh. I have friends who force me to go. Oh. Um, I am. I just got, I went to Ojai last weekend, which was cool. wonderful and beautiful. San Francisco, maybe. Okay. Just like, but I don't have any. Any plans. Any concrete plans That's at all coming up. Oh, you know, I'm going to Joshua Tree in September. Oh, Ooh, nice. Fun. Yeah. My friends and I do a annual Joshua Tree oh, trip. Oh, we should get on that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I like that. Um, um if we can get on that email chain. Yeah. yeah. I'll look right. you guys um, in. AG Carnet, and anybody else com. out there listening, if you want to get on that Joshua yeah. Tree email chain. Just uh, leave your email in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Ria, thank you so thank much you. for coming on this our show awesome. and recording with us of and course. coming out here in the heat. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.